Imagine a new kind of investing, a potentially life-changing way to invest that honors biblical principles, the kind of principles that you and I grew up with. Since 1994, Timothy Plan has made biblically responsible investing possible, offering mutual funds and ETFs that are filtered for biblical principles. Don't compromise your values. Invest with Timothy Plan. Ask your financial advisor or call Timothy Plan at 1-800-TIM-PLAN. Again, that's 1-800-846-7526 and discover what it means to be a biblically responsible investor. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. As a paid testimonial, there is no guarantee of future performance, and each experience will differ. Well, hello there. Welcome to the first ever MemoPod. The MemoPod. What we've done here, uh, for those of you who have been longtime subscribers to the Heck Podcast, um, it, you are still getting the Heck Podcast. It's just no longer called the Heck Podcast, and it's going to be split up. Okay, so let me explain this. Those of you who have been Heck Podcast recipients, it's been a free um, podcast, and it still is a portion of it anyway, you're getting the uh, opening portions of what used to be the Heck Podcast, now the Memo Pod, and this is going to be emailed out to our mailing list, that is the free subscribers to our mailing list, and you are either able to watch it, as many of you are right now, hello, uh, or, or you can just listen to it as a podcast downloadable there, and I'm going to get better at this. I'm learning our, I'm learning the ropes and I've done a couple run-throughs, a couple practice sessions, and all of that. Uh, but I will, um, I will get better at making sure this all runs as smoothly as possible. Uh, but I'm kind of flying solo right now. Several of you know that I had, uh, for a time, um, some help uh, in the producer department. And, uh, well, cut the, cut the fat out of the machine there, didn't we? Um, actually, no, he just went on to bigger and better things. So I'm doing this on my own, but I think I think it's going to be better. Uh, I think because now what, we had this heck pod thing over here, and then we had all of our memo stuff, and I felt like our free subscribers they would get like a like a memo thrown at them every so often, but there wasn't anything substantial that came on a weekly basis uh, to to satisfy or to quench a little bit of the uh, the desire of our free subscribers, and so that's why. Uh, we've done this. We brought the heck pod over. Now, for those of you who are paid subscribers, you used to be getting a memo and a Bible teaching and then the vidcast. Well, there was so much in the vidcast that, well, what we're doing is we're combining the vidcast into this memo pod. So you're still getting the video, but you're you're saying, well, wait a minute, but it's free. No, the opening portion is free. And then we go into a deeper dive into how Christians should view contemporary current issues that can be listened to as a podcast, or you can view it right here. Your video and your podcast will continue longer than uh, the free subscribers. So I'll kind of let the free subscribers know what we're going to talk about at the end of this opening portion, um, but it will only be, uh, that that extended portion will only be for the uh for the paid subscribers. Does that make sense? I don't know if it makes sense or not. One other thing that I need to know before I 
dive into this. Uh, we are live here. We're watching live. I say live, but it's not really. What else do you say? This is being recorded. That's what I should say. It's being recorded here in the heck hole. Now, some of you who have been free subscribers have never seen the inner workings of the heck hole. And all you're seeing right now is just an angle, but like over here behind me is the couch. You can kind of see it right there. Uh, the couch, that's where, um, that's where I do some of my best work. You're seeing some of the lighting and the greenery. It looks like I'm in a, uh, like I'm in a rainforest and that's by design because when it gets to be too much in the heck house, eh, three kids, um, and, uh, Jenny's never really a, a part of that problem, but, um, when I need to think, I used to always have to drive to my classroom, which is, you know, 10 minutes away and that's not always convenient. And so now we've constructed this and I'll come out here and I'll turn on the rainforest sounds and hang on. Living the dream here, living the dream. Wait a minute. Did I unplug that? Oh, I think I unplugged it. Yep. Yep. I definitely unplugged it. So that's not going to come on, is it? Not going to. Well, you got to take my word for it. It was pretty amazing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think I got this. Those of you that are listening, you have no idea what's happening right now. Okay. Hang on. I had unplugged this for the winter months, I think. Yep. Okay. Wait a minute. No, it's still not working. I don't know what that red light means. Maybe it means it's warming up. Yeah, I'll try to get to it later. But anyway, so you got like a like a, a blue like a blue light that kind of I'm not explaining this well. This has been a disaster. A disastrous unfolding here in the opening moments of the memo pod. But uh, we'll try to get all this stuff working. Can you see if I tip this up? This yeah, yeah, you can see that, right? The stars stars in the sky. Okay. Uh, so what I was getting at a second ago there, we're good, right? Um, man, it's just dawning on me how I'm going to have to be very cautious about the, uh, about the listening audience because they're not going to be able to see all of this stuff, but maybe it entices them to watch, but uh, you'll get to see more of this inner sanctum as time, mm, excuse me, as time goes on. Um, but, uh, what I need to know from all of you, I have these three bottles right here, three bottles of water. I get a little parched when I do this kind of stuff. I know you're only seeing two, but I've only got two hands. They all look like this. They're kind of sucked in. You see how that's kind of thinned out and you see the condensation and the, and the, uh, whatever that is like the haziness and the bubbles. These bottles, um, were out here last summer and, um, then they went through the winter and now here we are back to the summer again and I haven't had anything to drink out of them. It's climate controlled in here. Is it safe to drink them? Like I know bottled water, if you leave it in the sun, you're not supposed to because of the plastic and all of that, but is it safe? I mean, water doesn't go stale, right? Or does it? I need to know that. I'm not going to drink it until I hear from you. You can let me know. All right. Here's what I wanted to start with. This is, this is the story. We'll, we'll start with kind of the key point for the week that I really want to hit on. Um, and then we'll take that deep dive once we say goodbye to our free subscribers. I don't know if you know who Chris Hayes is. Chris Hayes is the guy on MSNBC. He's kind of, and, and I say this uh, lovingly, uh, if that's the appropriate term, um, he is the wannabe Rachel Maddow. 
Okay, uh, he came in, I believe, after Rachel Maddow, and Rachel Maddow began to have a lot of success, and Chris Hayes filled in for Rachel Maddow. That's how he kind of got his foot in, and he wears, like, the, the same kind of glasses that Rachel Maddow does, and uh, similar hairstyle to Rachel Maddow, and similar demeanor, and by that I mean Rachel Maddow is supposedly a leftist intellectual. She's a thinker. She's a, a wonk. That's the word that they use, like a policy wonk supposedly knows a lot about public policy and is is a deep thinker. That's the way the left loves to portray all of their folks. These are deep thinkers. On the right, you got a, bu a bunch of uh, of uh, racist, homophobic, um, you know, religious nuts. That That's what's over there on the right, okay? Uh, provocateurs, if you will. But on the left, now these are, these are the thinkers. Uh-huh. And that's what Chris Hayes um, certainly tries to convey on his program. And now that Rachel Maddow is kind of phasing out or is phased out on MSNBC, I think Hayes would very much like to be uh, the heir apparent. I don't think he is. I don't think he has some of the talent of Rachel Maddow. And he certainly doesn't have the following of Rachel Maddow. But he fancies himself an intellectual. Now, you look at his pedigree. You look at his, his uh, and I've got this here, his intellectual upbringing, his schooling. He attended, as most of the folks on the left do, a prestigious private, um, one of those campus uh, schools for high school students where they're kind of getting a college education and a college feel, very private, very elite, while at the same time they deny inner city kids the ability to go to a school like that. They don't want the riffraff getting into their elite private schools. No, that's only for the wealthy white liberal kids. Um, but they will gladly tell you all about the racial problems in America that the Republicans are pushing. So he attended one of these, one of these prestigious, it was called the Hunter College Campus School. That's where he went for his secondary training. The rest of us call it a public high school. Yeah, they call it uh, secondary training. Then he graduated with a degree in philosophy, I believe, from Brown University. And then he starts his career as a left-wing commentator, filling in for Rachel Maddow, and now a permanent gig uh, there, on, uh, there on MSNBC. But can I tell you, even if you're a highly paid leftist intellectual commentator, you can still be creepy. And that's the term that I come up with. I saw a Twitter um, rant if you want to call it that. I saw a Twitter um, thread, that's the word, but I would call it a rant, that Chris Hayes posted, and he, he rambled through it, and the only term that I can really come up with for that is creepy. That, uh, that's the term. And he actually uses the word creepy in this, and maybe that's what brought it to my mind, but I'm sitting here and I'm reading this, it's creepy. I don't know exactly how old Chris Hayes is. I would guess... He's nearing 40, I would guess. I don't think he's that much younger than me, might be, but uh, certainly wants to come across as a, a young uh, JFK-esque thinker on, on the left. All right. Whatever, Chris. Uh, here's what he wrote on the Twitter sphere. The law DeSantis signed in Florida banning care for trans kids is despicable and a frontal assault on the vaunted parental rights he and his ideological cohort have been screaming about 
for years. So here, here's what Chris Hayes is doing. He's saying when Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature, but we're going to blame this on DeSantis because he's running for president and the left is scared to death of this guy. When Ron DeSantis signs this law, he signs a law that says you cannot mutilate children. Parents cannot have their child mutilated in the name of transgenderism. Okay. What Chris Hayes says is, well, you're interfering with parental rights. That's the argument. And I thought the right was all about parental rights. Do you see how warped and, and misconstrued the left will make these things to try to make it seem as though the right isn't serious about parental rights? Okay. We all are grown up enough to realize, right, that there is a difference between telling uh, parents you don't have the right to send your child to the, uh, to the Hunter College campus school. You don't have that right. You got to send your kid to the rundown public school that's in your district. That's what you have to do. You have no parental rights to send your child uh, to, to this private elite school. Okay. There's a difference between that, the government telling them that, which by the way, Chris Hayes favors and the government telling you, you can't chop off the private parts of your child. There's a big difference there. Uh, he goes on. Hayes writes, in Florida, you no longer get to make healthcare decisions for your own child. Ron DeSantis makes them. That's not hyperbolic at all, is it? That's not misconstruing the reality. You can't make healthcare decisions for your child. You, you can't decide whether or not to put braces on your child right now or not. Whether or not to have the wisdom teeth taken out of your child or the adenoid surgery. You don't have the ability to choose that. Ron DeSantis will choose for you. Well, of course not. You're going to make a million healthcare decisions for your kid. The problem is that Chris Hayes is considering child mutilation healthcare decisions, which, by the way, really shouldn't surprise us. Really shouldn't surprise us when the lot of the progressive movement believes that dismembering, I'll, I'll steer clear of the word slaughter because I know how uh, uh, turned off people are by that, but you certainly are dismembering a fetus in the womb in an abortion. You, you are ripping it limb from limb. Now you can say those limbs aren't fully attached like they are in an ad adult human being or even a six-month-old baby. They're, they're not as formed. You're still ripping the arms off and ripping the skull off of the, off of the body. And I don't mean to be grotesque, but that's what it is. So if you have an ideological movement like that, that believes that's okay, which Chris Hayes and the progressives do, you can't really be surprised that they're just extending that now to uh, toddlers or beyond children and preteens. Hayes writes, it doesn't matter what you think is best for your kids, Ron tells you. Yeah, if you think it's best uh, for your kids to sacrifice them to the virgin gods, uh, sacrifice them as virgins to the gods and the volcano, Ron's going to tell you you can't do that. Most governors will tell you you can't do that. I, I can't speak for all of them. I think uh, some of them are nutty enough that they would probably allow it, but most of them are going to tell you that's not okay. I think that Orwellian is the, is the better term um, for using language like Hayes does here that refers to mutilation as care. 
It's not care, it's mutilation. He, he refers to these reproductive choices. He goes on, he writes, anyway, these people, the folks on the right, want to control your kids and your family's reproductive choices. So sterilizing a child through a sex change operation, irreversible, that's a, a, a mere reproductive choice. When it comes to willfully becoming a champion for legalized child abuse, I'm going to call that creepy. I mentioned an acronym. I wrote about an acronym not long ago that I think we ought to start. I know there's the LGBT stuff, but I think we need the one LTKA. LTKA. Leave the kids alone, you know? Leave them alone. Um... One of the things that I found interesting, if you go back not that long ago, uh, May of 2019 was when it was. Let me read to you what passed unanimously through the House of Representatives. This was House Resolution 106, sponsored by a Democrat, ironically enough, from the state of Florida. This is what Lois Frankel sponsored. This was the this was the resolution that passed. It denounced female genital mutilation cutting as a violation of human rights of women and girls, urging the international community and the federal government to increase efforts to eliminate the harmful practice. Okay, this was happening in Africa. And Democrats and liberals and progressives like Chris Hayes were all about this stuff. It passed 393 to zero. So I want you to make sure you follow this train of thought. West African people and South African people, when African people mutilate the genitals of young girls, then Democrats unanimously condemn it as an assault on human rights. But when progressive white liberals do it to young girls, in the name of gender ideology, the Democrat Party and their complicit media propagandists like Chris Hayes over at MSNBC, they demand that we normalize it and celebrate it in our culture. Here's the truth. Child abuse is illegal. A parent doesn't have a right to abuse their child. And a responsible governor, a responsible government, will stop them from doing so. That's why we have laws against child abuse. No parent has the right to abuse their child, whether that is done with fists, whether that is done through malnutrition, or whether that is done through sterilizing their kid, Chris. That, that's the reality. And that's the one that seems to be lost on all of this. The other thing, can we point out the fact that government regularly makes healthcare decisions for all of us based on what we know about human rights. For instance, we no longer lobotomize um, people with schizophrenia. There was a time when that's what we thought we were supposed to do. We know better now, and for the good of those people, we don't do it. We used to use electroshock therapy on people who were clinically insane. Shock them back into sanity. We don't do that anymore. Government bans it. We used to do bloodletting for certain diseases. People thought that, that sickness was the result of bad blood. So they would attach leeches and bloodlet. We don't do that anymore. Do you know when people got severe headaches, they used to prescribe opioids and, and uh, barbiturates? 
We don't do that anymore. Government bans certain healthcare choices that are harmful to people because we realize that bloodletting and electroshock therapy and lobotomies and the use of barbiturates and opioids, that was harming people. So we don't do it. I, I am continually at a loss to try to explain the logic of progressives like Chris Hayes on these matters. They do not believe in homeschooling. They do not believe in charter schools. They do not believe in private schools. They do not want a parent with the ability to choose where their child goes to school because the government knows better than, than the parent. But those same men and women get their bowels in an uproar. It's a good term, good phrase. You ought to use it. Whenever someone in government suggests that they know better than to permit a parent to sterilize or castrate or mutilate their child. Maybe I'm just not enough of an intellectual to fully understand it. Maybe that's the issue. You can let me know what you think. Peter at PeterHeck.com is the email address. Or of course, comments right below here. That's a new option now that you have to interact. Okay. Now this is the point in time where we say goodbye to our free subscribers. And I let you know what we're getting ready to talk about in the rest of the program for the paying subscribers. If you're interested, couple things that we're talking about, and it all has to do with the 2024 election that is coming up. That has really already begun, especially now that Ron DeSantis has officially entered the race. Two things of note that Christians who are going to engage in the Republican primary ought to be aware of. One of them involving Donald Trump's choices with regard to the issue of life. A lot of Christians justified their vote for Donald Trump because he was the pro-life option. Donald Trump is making it clear, at least in the Republican primary, he is not that option. And we'll talk specifically about it after this break. Also, I think the best possible thing in the Republican primary seems to be, at least at this point, taking shape. It doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but the best possible, uh, I don't know exactly how to say it, best possible scenario, yeah, I think it's shaping up. All of that comes up for you paying subscribers after the break. The Memo with Peter Heck. Please patronize and thank all the sponsors of the Heck Podcast, including McGonagall's Buick GMC, Terrell's Auto Service, Norris Insurance, Stevens Machine, Creative Financial Center, Indiana Right to Life, Trigreen Tractor, The Indiana Family Institute, Hartman Family Farms, Liberty Financial Group, The Wyman Group, and J. Watson Creations.